0: Well, now I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter one, and we're going to read verses one through five. Uh, this is on page uh, nine hundred and nine of your pew Bibles. So Acts chapter one, verses one through five, and I invite you to stand out of respect for the reading of God's word. You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God abides forever. Amen. You may be seated. Let's pray. Heavenly Lord, we ask that you would uh, be with us and to speak to us from your word. Help us to have ears to hear. And now as we turn to, to the preaching, to the teaching of your word, may it be Christ's voice that prevails. And uh, Lord, whatever um, this preacher uh, might say to distract from his truth, may that fall away. And may Christ's truth be clearly given to the souls of your people. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, friends, uh, we've made it to the book of Acts. And you might remember if you were with us six months ago, six or seven months ago, that we just finished the book of Luke. And I told you at the end of that book, hang on, there's more to come. We're going to go on to the book of Acts and that's coming up. And we had a little bit of time in between for you to, to get a, a break and to hear, hear other portions of the scripture. But it's time for us to lean into a long and careful and um, I'd, I'd say exciting study in the book of Acts. If there's one thing we have to know about acts is it's right off the bat. It's this, that it's a sequel. Now I have mixed feelings about sequels. Uh, because I've seen some done really bad. Like Lion King two. That just shouldn't have been made. Karate kid. Part two it was horrible. It's horrible. Um, I mean, we, I can list, I could list others, but you, you know th- that there are sequels that just it's like, why'd you make this? You tried to do some spinoff that that just uh, it, it it pulled away from from the beauty of what you did first. Part two, you know, you, you know it's coming up in the in a show or in a series of shows or in a book where it says to be continued. And then you you turn to the next page or you 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 click the next show and it says in the previous episode, right? Well, what you need to understand is Acts is a sequel. It follows up on the book of Luke. If you were to turn to Luke chapter 1, you'd seen that there's the same author. It's Dr. Luke. And he is a a Gentile, um, a non Jewish person that is a companion of the apostles. And he is a Christian. And he is writing to the same audience. Who's the audience? A gentleman named Theophilus. We think he was a Christian. We think he was a Gentile Christian. And um, Luke writes to Theophilus with the same style. You look at the book of Luke, you look at the book of Acts, and there's not some dramatic shift of style. Uh, This is a consistent sequel. It follows up right where you left off and and you jump right in. What do you hear? That there is a historical narrative, an orderly account of eyewitness testimonies to Jesus. And that's what we see in Luke and that's what we see in Acts. Now I want to look at the first Five verses of this sequel, which happen to be one sentence, at least in the original language, and just flows uh, from verses one through five. And it gives us this nice intro, this nice transition from uh, Luke to Acts. And so I want us to look at this sequel. And what we're going to see is it is a very well done sequel. This is not a botched sequel. God knows what he's doing in his word. And I want us to see two things. First of all, we're going to ask the question, what's this sequel about? Second, how can we prepare to enter into this sequel? How can we prepare to hear um, this sequel preached for the next, I don't know, year, two years, three years, if I take a really long time? We'll see. Okay. What's this sequel about? What is the book of Acts about? What would you say some of you have read this book before, others perhaps not. What would you say it's about? Um, you know, It's a, certainly about the church. There's a lot that, that happens with the church in this book. It's, it's about the Holy Spirit. You, you see the Holy Spirit uh, doing a lot in this book. Um, and it's about the apostles, of course, those that were commissioned by Jesus, But I I want us to see something that's easy to miss in the midst of all all of that and all the debates that often happen in the book of Acts, right? About spiritual gifts, about baptism, about um, church government. We can miss what the book of Acts is all about. Let me show you. Look at verse one. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. All that Jesus began to do. There's a huge hint here. What does this mean? That Jesus, what Jesus began in the book of Luke is what? What he continues to do in the book of Acts. You see, here's this huge hint that you just can't miss. The book of Acts is what can Jesus continues to do in his ministry. Now you say, well, that's confusing because Jesus is only around for the first nine verses. Um, Actually, in in verse 9, he's lifted up. He's taken out of their sight. He ascends to heaven. And then it just feels like it's the apostles and the church doing all sorts of stuff. And it's the spirit. In fact, some um, scholars that write about the book book of Acts say that that Jesus the Savior is surprisingly absent. I beg to differ. I think Luke is telling us right uh, from the get-go that actually Jesus is all through this book. The risen Lord Jesus is on the move in the book of Acts because here's what happened. All that Jesus started to do in the book of Luke, what did he do? He gathered followers around himself to form the core of his church. He he went to suffer and die for our sins and the sins of his church. And he laid down that death on the cross. And then he rose again from the dead. And then after that, what happened? He ascended into heaven. End of story, right? No, it's only the beginning, friends, because as soon as Jesus ascended into heaven, what happened? It was like a bomb detonated because from heaven, Jesus poured out the spirit. And and what can he do now? Jesus, from his heavenly throne, reigning on high, starts to order and move the affairs of his church. And and again, it's like a salvation bomb detonates and ripples out from Jerusalem in a 100 different directions. That's what the book of Acts is about. It's about Jesus from heaven directing his church. And and so when the apostles preach, it's Jesus preaching. When the apostles teach, it's Jesus teaching. It's why Jesus uh, does appear to Saul on the road uh, to Damascus. And he says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? But you say, that's, that's strange. It's the church that's being persecuted. That's what, that's what Acts is going to tell us. Well, that's right. Well, Jesus is living and abiding in his church through his spirit, through the Holy Spirit. So that when people persecute the church, then and today, they're actually persecuting Jesus. So right away, I want you to think of the book of Acts as um, Acts of the risen Lord Jesus. That could be a title written over it. In fact, you see in your Bible, it says Acts of the Apostles. Well, most manuscripts don't have a title like that. That's, that's what we've assigned it. Um, I think perhaps the best way you could, you could head it is actually this. Acts of the risen Lord Jesus through his church by the power of the Spirit. Basically sums up what we're going to hear. There's a whole lot more to it. So you've got to come back next week. Acts of the risen Lord Jesus, through his apostles, through his church, by the power of his spirit. And here's what you need to hear as you're sitting there and you're saying, okay, this is all good information about the book of Acts, but what does it mean for me? Well, friends, it means this, that Jesus is still at work. Still at work in your life, still at work in the lives of others around you. He's still building his church. What did he tell Peter? He said, On this rock, on Peter's confession, I believe, I will build this church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Well, the book of Acts is Jesus building his church and the gates of hell not prevailing against it. Jesus began his mission, and and my dad loves to say this, it ain't over yet. It ain't over yet. That's what he says whenever, you know, you're in the fourth quarter of a football game and it seems like things are losing. He goes, it ain't over yet. Okay, dad. Well, Here's Jesus telling us in in verse one of the book of Acts, it ain't over yet. Now, do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus is uh, reigning on high right now and that by the power of his spirit and his church, he is not finished with his work? In fact, he's just getting started. Do you believe that? Because friends, I think sometimes we can, you know, functionally attest that we can say, "Yeah, I, I, I do believe that." But functionally, in our hearts, um, we can start to limit the gospel and 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 almost shrink wrap it so that it just has to do with a little baby in a manger that we we go to church and celebrate at Christmas time, and we think of Jesus as, as that little baby, or we think of him as the one that's ascending, just totally out of the picture, and one day he'll come again. But until then, um, we're just kind of waiting. Um, But in fact, the scriptures say that this same Jesus that was born in the manger, this same Jesus that ascended to heaven is is at this very moment reigning. And his story just gets more and more advanced and complex. And that's exactly what we see in the book of, of Acts. I mean, if we if we ended with Luke, we would have a glorious picture of what Christ did for sinners like you and me. But if we don't go to the book of Acts, we don't see that the gospel just gets richer and richer. And it shows how Jesus is 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 right now applying his work to you and to his whole church and to even those that oppose him. The book of Acts is here to remind you and me that we must not limit Christ's grand story. The story just gets better and better, richer and richer and richer. And you and I are included in it. That's what the book of Acts is going to just kind of in these subtle ways remind you over and over again. You're part of this. You're baptized into the same spirit. You believe in the Savior. And he's working right now. Now, here's why we really need to hear this. It's because um, when we do that thing, when we shrink wrap, wrap the gospel, when we limit it, when we um, when we think of Jesus as absent and gone and um and inactive, and, and what we do is we start to turn to other stories to plug in. Like we'll, we'll, we'll get ourselves all wrapped up in our favorite football team. I love football. But if we get so wrapped up in it, where um, the Cincinnati Bengals victory is more significant than what Christ is doing right now, then we're going to be really disappointed. If we get so excited about the 2022 midterms and, and, and who we think is going to win that, we're going to be very disappointed because it's going to fail you one way or another. But Christ's story does not fail you. The story in the book of Acts um, actually comes to you right now and it says, hey, guess what? In the midst of where you're at right now, there is a grander story and it's the story of King Jesus and he's at work right now and what he is doing cannot be stopped. There's no team that can stop him. And so if you're a part of his team, there are glorious things ahead. There are glorious things right, right here and now. And so I, I think I should pause at this moment to ask um, if, if you have embraced this Lord Jesus by faith, if his story is your story, because if it's not, Jesus doesn't hold you at a distance. He invites you to believe in him, to be baptized, to be joined into his church, and to be on this team. His team, part of his story. Come talk to me after the service about that. All you have to say, you're like, well, what do I say to the pastor? Just say, I want to know how I can be on Jesus's team. So this is what the sequel is about. The sequel, Acts, is Acts of the Risen Lord Jesus Part 2. And... What it is is it's telling us what Jesus is going to be doing uh, through his church in the early early years, and then what he continues to do even now, okay? Well, how can we prepare for this sequel? how can how can you as as um, uh, believers that, um, and or maybe inquires skeptics that are sitting out here and thinking, well, I think I'll come back and I think I'll hear more about this Jesus. Or maybe I'll read the book of Acts on my own. How can you prepare to hear more of this sequel? Well, I want you to see two things. And uh, before I get to those two things, I want you to note that Jesus actually helps us prepare through this little instruction he gives to his apostles in the 40-day uh, period that he teaches uh, them. You see that right in in verse um, 2, 3, And four, uh, there we have in Acts chapter one, uh, this little crash course that that the risen Lord Jesus gives to his apostles to prepare them for part two of the unfolding plan of his gospel. And what the risen Lord Jesus does is basically a J term. Um, Now, I had these J terms in seminary. Um, You'd have those really long seminary courses. And then in one month, you'd have this course that basically just Pounds truth into you, and they're really uh, intense, but they're also really good. That's what Jesus does. He says he, he takes 40 days to sit down with his apostles and tell them what they need. Now, what do we need to know as we're getting ready for the rest of the book of Acts? Well, first of all, you need to approach this book, Jesus teaches you, with confidence in his resurrection. You need to approach the book of Acts with confidence in Christ's resurrection. And let me just say up front, if If this isn't true, if you come to the book of Acts without confidence in Christ's resurrection, then everything that's going to happen is going to seem uh, silly to you. It's going to seem like a kind of historical, um, you know, quirky record. But if you come to the book of Acts with the resurrection of Christ solidly implanted in your soul, then you'll see the glory of it. Because, friends, here's the thing. If Jesus really didn't rise from the dead in actual history, then there's no story worth continuing. It, all this would be is just a bunch of nostalgic memories of followers who carried on his hope for humanity in their hearts. Now, there's people that talk that way, right? Ah, oh, yes. The memory of Jesus lives on. And so it lives on today. It's like, well, that sounds very nice, but you know what? Who cares? Who cares about uh, if a dead man's uh, memory lives on? No, it's only if he is risen and reigning and active uh, that his story is worth telling. And, and what we hear from the scriptures is this, friends, that Jesus really did die and he certainly did rise from the dead. 1 Corinthians uh, 15, 6. It's worth turning to, actually. 1 Corinthians 15, Six says that Jesus. Um, here, I'll start in verse three. Actually, that the apostle uh, Paul delivered to us as first importance what he also received that Christ Jesus died for our sins in accordance with the, uh, in accordance with the scriptures that he was buried that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures that he appeared to Cephas then to the twelve then he appeared to more than five hundred brothers at one time most of who are some are still alive though some have fallen asleep now. Here's what I want you to see is that the resurrection is not some hidden hope. It's not some uh, unverified story. Jesus appeared to over 500 people at once. People who saw him die. This is a historically verified event that is actually written in real history. And we turn to history and we believe what we hear of others. Well, when we hear of Jesus rising from the dead. We hear these records. It's true. It's verifiable. And then these disciples who believed in Jesus, that, who, who saw him die and saw him rise from the dead, went on to die for this truth. Hundreds of men, thousands of men and women do not die for a made-up story. What does it mean that Jesus rise from the dead? It means that Christ has in his possession right now the explosive power of a new reality. Not a world trapped by sin, not a reality wallowing in guilt, not a reality defeated by the devil. But a reality in which resurrection life is breaking forth. That's what it means. It means that Jesus has in his possession the power of a new world, unlike what we've we've experienced from day one of death and sin and misery and frustration. Jesus has in his possession the hope of a new world that can actually change things and and can't be conquered and doesn't break. And that's what we're gonna see play out in the book of Acts, that resurrection life on display because that's what Jesus gives to his church. That's what he gives to you and me. Here's the other thing you need to know when you approach the book of Acts. That you need to approach it with dependence upon the Holy Spirit. Now notice this. What do we see in verse 3? That that part of Jesus' crash course is he met and he showed, he he went out of his way to prove that he really rose from the dead. To teach how that connects to the kingdom of God. But then, verse 4 While staying with them, he ordered his apostles not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you heard from me for John baptized with water. But you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, he talks about the promise of the father, which is the Holy Spirit. Now, imagine you're the apostles, right? you've just seen Jesus rise from the dead. He's teaching you all these different things. He's telling you about the kingdom of God. And then he says, okay, now wait. Because I'm going to go somewhere. And then the Holy Spirit's going to come. When he's going to come, he's going to baptize you. In other words, he's going to overwhelm, take you up, uh, come down upon you. And that's going to make all the difference. Now, these apostles, just imagine what they're thinking. What what kind of questions are in their head? They're thinking, what what on earth is this baptism of the Spirit? What is Jesus talking about? We've heard of the promise of the the Spirit in the Old Testament, in Ezekiel and Isaiah. We know that that's coming. We heard Jesus himself, before even he died, talk about the promise of the Holy Spirit. But how is this going to change everything? What does this mean? What's it going to look like? How long do we have to wait? So those are some of the things on their minds. You can't blame them for that. And we're going to come to Pentecost, which is when the Spirit is poured out. That's in chapter two. So keep coming back, keep keep hearing. But here's the main thing I want you to hear. That the apostles had to wait for the Holy Spirit. Why? Because apart from him, they could do nothing. That's very important. Now, we have received the Holy Spirit. We know that. The Holy Spirit has been poured out, and any who call upon Jesus and embrace him by faith have within themselves the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. And so we don't have to wait for that grand event of the Spirit, but there is a sense in which we do have to wait upon the Spirit still. We have to wait. um, we, We have to depend upon him, for any ounce of success that we would have as a church, as a witnessing Christian. And so if we ever were to try to proceed in our efforts apart from the Spirit, those efforts would be in vain. Just as much as if the apostles at that moment said, okay, Jesus is gone, Spirit isn't here yet, but let's get to work. And they went out and started being witnesses to the world. It would have failed dramatically. We would have heard a different version of the book of Acts. Now in that same sense, Christians, If you ever attempt in your own strength to labor apart from the Spirit, it will be in vain. We need that resurrection of Christ to not just be present to Him, but to be poured out upon us, to be in our possession. And so we need the gift of the Holy Spirit. You have the gift of the Holy Spirit if you are a Christian. Depend upon that Spirit. What does that look like? It looks like simple faith and dependence upon God, trusting in in his success, trusting that he'll build the church, and not us saying, I guess I gotta scramble to to fix problem A, B, or C that I see around me. Does that make sense? We're gonna learn more about this as the book unfolds. But the main thing I want you to hear, friends, is, is that we approach the book of Acts with confidence in Christ's resurrection. We approach the book of Acts with dependence upon the Holy Spirit, who we're gonna hear about throughout. And friends, I want you to approach the book of Acts realizing that this book is for you. It's not just about a bunch of early Christians. It's Jesus's continuing story. It's a story that each of us, through faith in Christ, gets to be part of. So let's go to the Lord now in prayer, asking that he would bless the rest of this series. And he would do it, uh, not just giving us knowledge, but stirring us up to faith in Christ. and and to mission for Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the start of a new series. Uh, It's always an exciting time to start a new book and to learn about it. But Lord, uh, may we approach this, not just getting um, new knowledge in our head, but really that we would have transformed hearts and that we would move our feet and be witnesses of Jesus as we're about to learn about next week. Uh, Lord, may you make clear through the book of Acts what you would have this church to do. And Lord, may you teach us that through the record of, of what Jesus did from his heavenly throne through the early church. We pray in his name. Amen.